With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford and soon to be joined by my normal host, my partner in the production thing that we've been doing for the last six years, AD. who's just working on some some technical things right now. So when AD jumps in, we'll get going. I want to thank everybody for tuning in a little bit early and making sure that uh, you are uh, logged in, watching us on YouTube and Facebook. Hopefully, you have already hit the thumbs up. If you're not a subscriber on those platforms, please go ahead and do so, and go ahead and hit that thumbs up button as well. Uh, we'd appreciate that. And please make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mybcsn1, the number one. And, of course, go on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. Well, here we are on the uh, 14th. We really have one, two more weeks. These are the final two weeks before week zero begins. So we're... We're counting down the days to the start of the college football season from a lot of what I could tell on social media. You've got a lot of schools that had their practices, scrimmages over the weekend, whether it be their first or second. Uh, some good video I've seen, of course, from Florida A&M who had their second scrimmage. I saw Alcorn State had their scrimmage as well. Grambling had big fan fest. Maybe he might have been one of the first schools to do their fan fest. Uh, kind of got got out in front of everybody this past Saturday. And of course, if you have HBC League Pass Plus, you saw the coverage that was uh, provided in part by the Black College Sports Network as they were rambling. Some of the uh, some of the guys and gals bringing you some of that live action. Uh, some some really interesting, uh, <laughs> I would say some really interesting commentary 
through the course of that broadcast, almost like in a hard knocks, just without, you know, all of the HBOs and stuff, you know. So uh, if you watched that and you enjoyed the, the coverage, you know, go ahead and hit us up. Let us know you enjoyed. I'm curious to see whether Grambling has decided or whether they found their QB1. Good friend, uh, LaShanda Love, uh, that's at Yard Talk HBCU. I think I saw some tweets for her from her, and she seemed to think that fam, uh, Grambling found their QB1. So that remains to be seen. Uh, of course, um, that's going to be, you know, what a lot of people seem to be picking a little low for Grambling this year, which uh, that that seems to have caught that fan by surprise, but uh, understood with as uh, much turnover as coming in on that roster at Grambling is sort of to be expected a little bit to see a little unsure in terms of where Grambling will fit this upcoming year. Alcorn State is a big question for me. I'm curious to see what that quarterback situation is going to look like. I have personally picked Alcorn State to win the SWAC West division. So I'm curious to see what Alcorn looks like this year. And they've got an interesting non-conference schedule. So one of the things that you're going to do when he does get back in, we're going to break down some of the, uh, you know, we like to do things a, a top five mindset, but some of the things that we're going to down and take a look at, we're going to look at some of the top FCS versus FBS matchups. So those are, or what many may call those paycheck games. Uh, I've just kind of glanced through the list. All of them are road games. I don't see one matchup between the Fs going into an FBS, actually a home game. And so, you know, we'll talk about and look at some of those games that we have circled. Then we'll also get into talking about non-conference HBCU versus HBCU matchups. Of course, headlining in week zero, you've got the MIA Challenge with Howard and Alabama State in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're talking about those kind of games. Most of those games are happening in the three to four weeks of the season. We've also got some FCS versus D2 matchup games. Most of those occurring week one, a couple of them popping in during week three. And then what I think are really the the interesting matchups. And if the MEAC, SWAC, CIAA, SIEC are ever to get their respect from the general CS Division Two region uh, ranking people, people who do the voting, the people who make the ranks and and decide kind of which teams eventually make those tournaments, those postseason tournaments, and and really it goes into that conference play is how your conference is perceived. Well, the what I would like to call the HBCU versus PWI or as my good friend, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, calls the HWC. So those HBCU versus HWCU matchups that are not only on the FCS level, but at the Division II level, there's some interesting matchups there that 
have to be explored and talked about. And so we will do all of that on this show and we'll kind of break down some of those games and maybe give you our top five matchups through the course of the year. Some of the games, really exciting, really big time matchups. And of course, look, who's going to those games? Because those are the games that really are going to shape what the season is going to look like in terms of perception. And, you know, I, I, Look, think about the end of the season and you say, how many HBUs will be playing in the postseason? Well, I'll tell you, a big factor in all of that will be how they perform in the early part of the season. So the month of September is more than just a feeling out period for your conference schedule, but it really is an opportunity to uh to, to lay to lay out before the voters, the general population, the writers, the general FCS Division II community that we have some talented teams and so on and so forth. So that's one of the things that we'll be talking about here a little bit later. Show I uh, want to give a shout out to some folks I see right now in the chat room on YouTube. Mary three hundred five, appreciate you always being one of the first people to jump in. Edwin Moore. Um, M474, Slack Fan 100, uh, also jumping in. I'm sure there's some people on Facebook as well. And, and so we'll we'll get into uh, uh, or, or giving those folks a shout out as well as we see some of them. Obviously, the professional ranks the first weekend of uh preseason really so you probably had a full slate of nfl preseason games this week and next week are really your best opportunity to see those hbcu players that hope to make their way onto the 53 man or the practice squads uh, i know you know personally i know uh, florida a&m's uh, marquise bell uh, looked pretty good actually started if i'm not mistaken Dallas cowboys as they played Denver Broncos, and uh, I didn't see this game, but I'm kind of reading here from um, this past weekend, HBCU Sports, highlighting Shamar Bridges, the former Fort Valley State star who showed up pretty big in that contest, uh, catching uh, five or four passes on five targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Baltimore ended up getting a 23-10 win. I think that game was on Friday. So uh, as we go, we'll take a chance uh, or take a, a peek at some of the performances and names that we see from the past week and see if we can uh, spotlight some guys. And hey, you guys tell us, you know, obviously we can't see every game. Although I'll tell you, one of the things I noticed, if you're an NFL fan, I'm curious. I noticed that the NFL is bringing out this new online streaming thing, which is called, ironically, NFL Plus, where apparently you can pay either $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. You get access to all of the NFL games, especially those games out of market. And you even get a chance, if you're paying the more expensive monthly package, you can catch on uh, replays and watch the replays and all 32. And uh, so that that's kind of interesting to see, or all, excuse me, not all 32, all 22. 
as there's only 22 players on the field at one time. That's where that comes from. But I'm interested. How does that, you know, I've never had direct TV, so I'm not one of those persons who's had direct. I've always had to go to a sports bar uh, or some other means. That's all I'll say uh, to watch at home, especially watch my. I'm interested. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. I got audio streams coming in from all over the place. I'm sorry about that. Look, Drew is in the house. I, you know, I thought that was for some reason. I thought that was my producer pulling the plug on me because I started talking about the Colts. But no, it was some random window that I had open, Drew. That all of a sudden started playing some music, and I had no idea what was going on. So I'm like, let me let me get out of this. All right, so there you can see him, AD Drew. AD, how you doing? You got all your uh, computer issues figured out? Yeah, uh, a little bit of a connection issue, but uh, got it figured out. I guess that's why we are supposed to log in early enough to figure that stuff out before we go live. But I didn't figure it out until the intro that I had an issue. There you go. See? Well, you know, so it had to do a hard reason. It is what it is. It's like, you know how that goes. It's like coming to the game with your, with the right cleats on or making sure you got a chin strap and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you get out there, you got the helmet, but then you get out there and rip a chin strap. You're not properly equipped to play. So you got to run back to oh, the locker the, room, get the right equipment. Forget to take your ankles or something ready. along those lines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, uh, I'm interested in, uh, you know, as I was just kind of setting up the show today, I'm talking a little bit about, we'll get into a lot of the uh, non-conference and the matchups between F, what the Czech games, the AU versus HBCU matchups, the HBCU versus HWCU matchups. We'll get into uh, talking about all of that here. And, uh, you know, I was also mentioning camps. You've seen a lot of videos. I won't say a lot. Let me back up. I've seen a. I've seen more than what I've normally seen. Um, spotlighting different practices and things like that. Um, what have you seen from scrimmages or just from an overall perspective of how you see fall camps being covered compared to previous years? What what good, better, not so good, more improvement? What are you seeing out there? I'm definitely seeing more people covering fall camps, but everybody has hops during fall camps. Uh, if you are a fan of a team and you are not excited about your team right now and have high hopes about your team, that's a statement about your team and your fandom of that team. Uh, but Right now, it's it's for me. Fall camp is just like a shade, uh, a shade above the Underworld Olympics. Uh, and what I call the Underworld Olympics, that's uh, stuff like the combines and stuff like that. Everybody looks good when they're just running straight ahead, running the forty and things like that. Well, in camp, you get some of that same false pretense because you're practicing against your offense. 
you're going to see the same coverages, the same plays that the offense is trying to expect if you're the ones or the twos. You're ones, ones, twos, twos. So you're practicing against the same people, same schemes. You're not practicing against scout teams at this stage in practice. So after about a week, 10 days of the same stuff, you know when they come in a uh, – with a 21 package or, or a three-by-one package or something along those lines, you already the plays that they're going to run. So you've you got the cheat code if you're on defense. If uh, if you're on offense, if you see the down on top of the uh, the tight end or like that, you know what kind of blitz they're coming with. So it's it's a little bit of false. You can't really get a true sense. Also, at this time of year, Defenses tend to be ahead of offenses. So those offenses that have quarterback competitions or where it looks like their offense is struggling, it's just a natural progression. This is always ahead of offense at this point in time. So don't get your hopes too high, but don't be too low and too hard on your team either at this point in time, Brian. I will say this, and I've one of the things that I've tried to do. And anybody who is familiar with how to use or create lists on Twitter, I don't know if Instagram allows you to do this, but one of the things I created on Twitter under the uh, Black College Sports Network Twitter feed uh, under the list, I created a list with all of the HBCU football teams. Now, I have, let's see, how many HBCU football teams are there, Drew? Can, can you think offhand what the total number, all levels? I want to say 54 is our number right now. No, we've got, you know, you've got 21 on the FCS level. FCS. You've got, right. you've got 13 in the SIAC, so that brings us to 34. You've got 11 in the AA, 11 HBCUs. We know there are 12 teams in the conference, everybody. So that brings us to 45, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, let's start Let's start adding our Division II independence. Well, we got we 52 because we know we have seven outside of those two conferences that are either Division II or or NAIA. So 52. We just did the math, y'all. <laughs> All right. So 52. So that's pretty good. I have 48. Now, there may be football programs that don't have Twitter handles, but uh, I've got 48. So I feel like I've got a good representation of all the HBCU football teams. Now, here's where I was going with that. I'm going to use... You know, follow FAMU, obviously, but I really like what they have FAMU football and FAMU athletics are doing with their coverage of fall camp. Even to the point, Drew, that they're doing game interview clips, not only with Coach Simmons, but with players. And I really feel like they're setting a high standard for, you know, those Rattlers, Rattler Nation who follows um, you know, but I, but I, but anyway, where I was going is I, if I go down this list and I just scroll through 
to kind of see, you know, what other programs are are mentioning or tweeting. You know, here I come across Tuskegee Football, who did a scrimmage. What first official scrimmage was at Auburn University, right, Drew? Yes, yes. As they continue to work on their uh, practice facility, their stadium. Right. So you know, I'm just scrolling through here, continuing to scroll. I got, I, I've got Alcorn. I've got Morehouse football. Um, you know, but you know what I, what I, what I, what I'm getting at is, I should be scroll through, and I should be able to kind of see what's happening. So challenge to. HU sports um, uh, administrations, but more so fans, find out and inquire what's going on with your programs. Now, a lot of programs don't necessarily run from the actual individual football team feeds. It may come more so from the athletic department. You know, the athletic department feed may be sending out stuff, but um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what information or who's tweeting out information. You know, uh, as I look around, you know, Texas Southern is a program that the, as I'm looking here, I see Texas Southern dropping some highlights and recap from their scrimmage at the Aggies, uh, North Carolina A&T is on, 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 they do a great job. Been doing a Southern university also has stepped their game up. Grambling stepped their game up. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to see. I want to mention somebody from the deep. Obviously, um, Tuskegee has done a good job. Lincoln, Missouri, interesting enough, Drew. Lincoln, Missouri does a good job of tweeting out information. I see Howard, Tennessee State football. There's another program. So with all of that is uh, saying if you're not Edward familiar. Waters is pretty good at tweeting out stuff also. Edward Waters is. You know, and, and it makes me wonder. I need to go back and look at my members to see – who I am following, who I'm not. But but anyway, this is just, and, and where I'm going with you is we're, we're at an age where if, if you want to get fans engaged, if you want to create season ticket packages and opportunities, you got to give people content. You know, we got into this because we couldn't find information. I mean, literally, I remember Roy and I got together and sort of, this Black College Sports Network thing came about because we just wanted to come more about Florida A&M. We started just really trying to bring more coverage to Florida A&M. And then we realized and looked around on the marketplace and were like, you know, other schools may be benefit. And so, you know, decades later, you see other people that come come along, uh, you know, Box to Road came again and um, other folks like HBCU Game Day and uh, – uh, I'm always there. Uh, Mr. Moore was always there. You know, he's one of the OGs uh, to, you know, this uh, this platform and this medium, um, you know, so that that's a that's a site that's always been good. HBCU sports, you know, with the uh, what swag fans. So anyway, it, anyway, it, it's grown. There's there's more people coming to the marketplace, more websites, more coverage, different angles. And that's what we need. We need more people and more. And, uh, shout out to our friends at the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association as well. Uh, there's a group of um, like-minded media uh, journalists, content creators, broadcasters are trying to uh, 
bring more coverage to HBCUs and in sports, just in general, not just not just football. So um, let's do this. Let's take a break, Drew, and let's get into sort of our first conversation of talking about non-conference uh, schedules. We can kind of decide which one we got. We got a lot of stuff to cover. In terms, we may, maybe maybe we spotlight the paycheck games and kind of look at our top five. FBS versus FCS matchups uh, that we're most interested in would be from just the fact that the game is happening or maybe, just maybe, Drew, there could be an upset brewing in one of these particular games for an HBCU. We'll talk about that and more on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in. No. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark franks, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Strap. Ooh, sorry about that. Little little vocal vocal flim there. Um, Brian Fulford, AD Drew here. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in, joining us. And I'll apologize in advance if my signal is coming out or maybe this stream signal is coming out with a little bit of uh, uh, choppiness to you. Not really sure why that is uh you know we are as our producer likes to say you guys need to get on hard lines and um you know i, I don't know i'm getting a, my all all my signals tell me I'm, I'm getting a good signal better than what i got on wednesday drew so i don't know what to tell you you know maybe we need to you know might, might have to start renting some studios and get out of our home office i don't know yeah <laughs> threw that out there right i don't know i got you um, i got you man yeah oh all right I, and and, I, and i'll tell my producer off channel double check the uh tell him to check the uh check the uh youtube check the youtube feed uh you know something about the uh the quality here pumping out the YouTube, so I, I don't know. It's above my pay grade even. So hopefully we can keep that going. Always um, want to make sure you're following us on Facebook. You can also watch the show via our Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Again, go watch and uh, actually go download it on your Google or Apple Play Store. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it. So um Let's start with uh, – it might not be AD, though. Edwin says switch those cables out, AD. I don't know. It might not be the cables. Uh, I'm hardwired, my brother. I'm hardwired. <laughs> he's hardwired. I'm, I'm the one that's on Wi-Fi, but I swear I'm getting a good signal. I just did a speed test. Anyway, I, I, I love this. Uh, I, I'll have to figure a way how to get hard. Although, oh, Drew, and you know, side note here. If my router is Wi-Fi router, does it matter it's not- if I am hardlined into the wireless router? You don't lose anything in the translation from the router to the PC. Okay. I, I take it. So, okay. That makes sense. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm using that new T-Mobile 5G wireless router, which uh, I'll tell you, it's it's better than what uh, I had previously with the cables. So, uh, you know, any, any any tech people out there who's watching, love the suggestion. You know, go ahead and hit us up in the chat room or, or hit me up on Twitter at DRB365. Okay, Drew, let's talk paycheck games. Big time matchups, and we're going we're gonna to do like we always do, Drew, live. And pretty much most of these games run from week zero, which begins with at North Carolina, all the way to week three. So pretty much the first, uh, let's see, week one, there are six games in week one, and there are six games in week two with uh, a few games in week three, and of course the headliner starting the season in week zero. So let's kind of go through top five here. Let's go top five like we like to do. Drew, are you ready for this? Let's roll. All right. So I'm going to start with you. Let's give me your your top five. 
Uh, number one, let's start with, and, and this is no particular order. We're just going to go, or do we want to do it that way? Because I honestly, I didn't break it down that way. We're just going to go, um, you know, top, yeah, you know, five. Let's just go five. So our top five. Give me your first one. Give me your first pick here. Top, top five. Which which category are we doing again? This is FB. Uh, F. This is our paycheck games. This is the. The Paycheck CS versus the FBS matchups. All right. Top five. I'm trying to find the list that you. Oh, it's created. at the top. Page okay, one, there we page go. I was, I, was on, I was on page. I was on, I was on page two. Uh, top five right. paycheck games. I am going with. Hmm. Alcorn State tonight. Now. now, how are you? Are you? Is that your? You know, is that the? Is that like your? Why that game? What? What appealing about that game? What is appealing to that game? And when is Tulane, that game? That's week two. That's week two. Tulane is one of the bottom rungs of the FBS. If Alcorn State is who we think Alcorn State can be, this could be a game in which possibly. Could see one of our HBCUs get an upset. I definitely okay, expect Alcorn uh, to compete in that game. You got now. See, you you think you think that low of Tulane when actually you know I I just quickly did a did a Massey rating search. They're actually number eighty six in Massey. They're they're not as low as they've been in the past. You know, just just to throw that out there to you. Uh, right. All right. Well, uh, that's who you picked. So I mean, it is who it is. I'll I'll go with uh, my number five. Now, again, I'm not really sure what order we're doing this in. So um, I don't know if we're starting with upset-minded games or not. But I'm gonna Those go just the ones I'm going with. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna look at a week two matchup: Texas Southern traveling to North Texas. Now, I will say at the research on North Texas, North Texas is ranked 1 and 12th. New members of Conference USA, um, after being part of the AQ7, I think it was. So they just recently moved into the uh, FBS level. They may not be at full competitive strength yet. So this is a big opportunity for Texas Southern. And, you know, this now I think a part of this, Drew, will come. Um, this this is an opportunity for them coming off the heels of the Labor Day Classic against Prairie View. So if they have a successful game against Prairie View, there's a lot of momentum going into that trip to North Texas. And North Texas being ranked 112th, Drew, I don't think an HBCU is playing anyone lower. I'm just doing a quick scan here. That is the lowest ranked. No, it's not quite the lowest. I'll tell you who the other is in a second. That is the second lowest. So the second lowest rated team, according to Massey. So um, I think that's a good opportunity to get a win for Texas Southern. All right, let's go to number four. Or your number, number two, maybe. 
my my number two game is going to be is get back to the page. I lost the page there. A and T Duke because A and T has played competitively against Duke. Now this is not your Duke of old folks, but you know in North Carolina where both teams recruit and live. Uh, definitely going to see if A&T can hold their own against the Blue Devils. Yeah, that's a good spot for the Aggies. Duke ranked 103 on the Massey ratings, of course. Uh, 131 teams. Duke 103. We've seen the Aggies pull off upsets, and so that's a good spot for them. Uh, I like that one. My number two is Grambling at Arkansas State to open the season, Drew. I think as as tough and challenging as the first game is for any coach, especially Hugh Jack, you know, but Arkansas State is ranked 114th, according to Massey, just two spots lower than North Texas. So this is an upset spot here for Grambling. And I think it'd be going a long way in getting people excited about the season for Grambling should they go to Arkansas State. What do you think a line for that game might be, Drew? Just without looking, what do you think that might be? Uh, twenty-eight, maybe? Oh. Minus twenty-eight. I'm just throwing a number. Ooh. Okay, I, I, you know that's that's a good number because uh, I, I would take uh, I would take Grambling in the points in that um, just just on GP. I, I think I I think I take Grambling on that. Now you know the the metrics show a a for uh, Arkansas State, but uh, you know I, I think that might be one of the few wins Arkansas Arkansas State gets this year. All right, here we go. Number three, Drew. What do you got? Number three. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. I was looking at the wrong floor. Oh, for the, for this one. Stay on the same page. Stay on the same page, right? No. At the I, of the I, I, I was looking at the I was looking at the at the team rankings. That's what I was looking at. Uh, oh I got it. okay you flipped the, yeah yeah South Carolina State and Central Florida. That's going to be another one. Uh, I'm trying to see where Central Florida is ranked. At, and, oh, here we go. It's going to be a tough one for South Carolina State, but I think this is going to be a good measure stick as Massey has Central Florida at 66. So uh, South Carolina State, the defending BAC champion, the defending Celebration Bowl champion, we know that team is built on defense. Why I do not a South Carolina State win that game. I want to see if there can be some people who are competitive in that game and draft stock rise, uh, such as uh, the Kobe Durant did last year. Okay. Um I'm head to 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 uh, to favor 
a South Carolina State – they've played at UCF before in this program. I don't know if it was two years ago. Uh, and when I say that, it may have been the 2019 season. Uh, it definitely wasn't like – it was probably the 2019 season, the last time they played at UCF, if I'm not mistaken. So there, there might be a few players that are familiar – with that trip, but I, I'll just tell you that place will be rocking. I mean, they have, you talk about one of the best college football home uh, advantages. UCF has one of them. And that, that is going to be the difficult part for South Carolina staying on the road uh, against them that particular weekend. All right. My number three is, to go with uh i was looking at the alabama a&m at uab contest for number three here um this you know alabama a&m should be able to bring a good crowd to the game um alabama and m will probably outdraw uab at their own at their home stadium that would be telling that would be i i don't i don't agree with that but i don't know look I don't know. I can't Alabama A and M in in Birmingham. They're, they're, they're based yeah, but are they going to show up? Though? Uh, to, okay, to, the, I to mean, that brand new progressive progressive field. Yeah, Alabama A and M faithful will be there if allowed to be there, and I say if allowed, it's available. If UAB has bought up all the seats, Alabama well, makes that game a sellout. If yeah, so you're discount by saying that you're sort of discounting the UAB faithful, uh, and that they may not have a very good home base or a home crowd for that they, game. They they, they 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 don't compare compared okay. to an Alabama M. Now, let me put the asterisk by that. If that was Alabama State playing at UAB, that game would definitely be a sellout. Now here, here's a factor. I, I may, I should have, I should have done my research here. This game is actually going to be played on Thursday. How much does that change the atmosphere? A lot of it. That definitely is the atmosphere because people, people uh, have to go to work more. Get your, your local Birmingham alumni at the game. What you will not get are the of the weekend travelers traveling in to watch that game. How far is Huntsville from Birmingham again? An hour? Uh, j- just under two. Maybe okay. maybe so, hour hour forty five. That that should be a good crowd then for A and M. A and M should be able to get there. I mean, that game will probably start seven central. I would imagine. I can't imagine it would start right, later seven seven thirty. No later than seven thirty. Okay. Okay. So you know there, there's, it's a Thursday. I, I look. I I think back to a couple years but ago. It's a Thursday Alabama going State. into the holiday weekend, so that may play a factor because people may just go ahead and take off Friday, considering that they have Monday off. Good point. Remember when Alabama State opened the season? I believe at they might have opened the season at you. It's possible. Uh, that was a couple years where? ago. I At think where? it was UAB. UAB. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's where they opened the season at. This was like maybe 2019. 
that's where they opened the season at. And so, look, that that game was closer than I think a lot of people predicted. So, um, you know, I, I saw somebody in the comments, uh, Tony Webb said, that's why uh, uh, they did that. <laughs> They're not dumb. Yeah, he may have purposely scheduled that game on Thursday just to uh, keep the large Alabama A&M fan base from overtaking their stadiums. So that's a great point there. Um, appreciate that, Tony. All right, two more left. Got uh, your fourth and fifth. We're going to stay with the Alabama A&M thing because they will get uh, nine days off and head a little bit further south in Alabama to Troy, Alabama. Now, Troy is about uh, maybe five to four from campus in Huntsville. Troy is about maybe three hours from Birmingham. It's less than an hour from Montgomery and about two hours from Mobile, which is another place Alabama and will frequent. This time, they'll be the home team down there. No, technically, they're the road team. But anyway, that's a side story. I give them a uh, a puncher's chance against Troy if they do not get too beat up against UAB. Troy being the 107th team in Massey right now. But assuming that they come out their game healthy and at this new defense that Coach Kyle Maynard has recruited in with a lot of D1 transfers, I can get uh, jail and have some chemistry. I give them a puncher's chance against Troy. Okay. Number four for me, I'm going to go to Chapel Hill, week zero game. Fam uses North Carolina. And look, I, I know the Rattlers can, look, can win this ball game. It always comes down to the will. Okay. Now, what I do find encouraging for FAMU is coming into this ball game with a more experienced ball club than North Carolina, actually. Uh, FAMU comes in with returning quick, key receivers returning, running back. Yes, the offensive line will be a bit new. Defensively, they're coming in just as strong with, uh, even though they only have returners, the, the fill-ins, the guys who we're on the two deep or the transfers are going to make a significant enough impact that the defense will come in, I think, and be just as good, maybe better than a year before. The thing about North Carolina, the Tar Heels, I did the math on this. The, the Tar Heels lost their top two offensive producing backs, A, their quarterback, and B, their running back. Those two guys, uh, I mean, they accounted for probably – 80 to 90% of the passing and rushing for that team. So, week zero, Drew, you got a new quarterback, new running back. If FAMU's defense can catch them while they're not in the groove early, anything's possible. They let they let FAMU hang around in this ball game, and the offense doesn't puke on themselves then this game this game could be tighter in the fourth quarter than North Carolina will want it to be. Let's go to uh, the last one, our last our last uh, matchup, top five matchup that we're looking forward to. 
Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State, I believe they are due into the FBS ranks, if I if I got that correct in Conference USA, the number nine in the Massey ratings. Coach Eddie George, you, you're, you're putting out there that you want to go to FBS. This is your first test. This is your quiz if you're going to come to the FBS level. Mm, okay. So that that's interesting. I I didn't look. Um, what what are the what are the, what are the odds of uh, Tennessee State uh, taking that take one against Middle T- Middle Tennessee? Did you look that up yet? Right now, Middle Tennessee State is a uh, they are a. 27-point favorite right now. Mm. You know, there's some real – let me tell you guys, there's some real advantage that you can jump on these numbers. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about that angle next week. But there's – and I'll tell you what, one of the things, Drew, I've noticed a lot of times books, we're talking sports books, if you're in a place that is, you know, that you have legalized gambling opportunities – Books a lot of times will use massy numbers and their predictive models. They don't know. They, they really have no clue. So they will use the massy numbers. And I'll tell you, uh, some of these numbers are so wild. You, I wish I would have kept last year, but there is an opportunity to take advantage of some of these numbers. We'll talk about that next week. My last game. Number five from now, this isn't quite a game that I think the HBCU team can win. In terms of atmosphere, it's the game that I'm most interested in, and that's Southern at LSU. Uh, the battle in Baton Rouge, uh, the, I believe it's the first ever meeting between the uh, two schools in the capital city of Louisiana. And uh, I applaud, I applaud all parties, anybody who had a hand in making this happen, you know, kudos. Uh, it'll be played at night, I believe, which I hear, you know, Death Valley, LSU is one of those electric atmospheres at night. Uh, Prop Southern, they're going to, they're going to walk out of there with $750,000, I think. And they don't have to travel far. They can sleep in their own bed. Only Drew. The battle Listen, ten minutes, for ten minutes away. The, yeah, more importantly than all of that, Drew, it's the battle of the neck. Who, whose band is going to play neck better? You know, I I've seen a post that says LSU somehow discovered neck. Uh, uh, we all know that to be false. Uh, so and. And we know Southern being in the swack, that just that's just the swack anthem. So I'm looking for. I, I think you know it's a matter of who gets the who's going to come out and play it first. Will Southern have the will? No, will LSU have the audacity to try to play first? Will they try to? You know what I'm saying? I, there's just so much going on, and I may not even pay attention to the game. I think the back and forth between the bands 
maybe a better back and uh, than than uh, the action on the field. So that's why I'm looking forward to that game. I hope a great Southern contest shows up. I, I don't know, you know, all the political, you know, uh, uh, stuff. You a lot of Southern uh, ample amount of tickets. That's all I was gonna say. Yes, yeah, and and will there be a secondary market that allows Southern fans to buy tickets and so on and so forth? Uh, but uh, I hope that's a great atmosphere because that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, for the. Uh, for, I, let me see. What is that week? That's in week uh, two. two. Week two. two. Week two. Southern at yeah. LSU. Okay. No, but I did want to throw out, you know, if Southern and LSU can finally get together all after all these years, we fam and FSU gonna get together. Man, look, I I thank you. I keep thinking the same thing. They you've got the Mississippi schools playing. I think you've got all I think all corners playing Ole Miss or something like that. You got Mississippi schools playing each other. I mean the, the and thank the, you to the, the University of Miami for normally putting either Bethune or Fam in your rotation every couple three years. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know look being in the same city though, I, who knows, man? They they keep saying it's political. I would love to be able to to maybe maybe we'll have to have that common with uh with with BJ. Two schools separated um, by a railroad track. Look. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I, there's a lot going there that be able to to break down. Um, quick, before we go to break, let's kind of browse through the chat rooms and, and just kind of answer. A lot of folks are are dropping some questions in there. Uh, let's see what I can see. Tony Webb, he's got a few questions in there. Uh, he also thinks Alabama has the chance of beating UAB and Troy. So, uh, that's interesting. Um, we're going to talk about the Tennessee Eastern Washington matchup coming up in a second on the other side of the break, Tony, just to let you know. Um, let's see. Lawrence had Lawrence Reeves. He's got Tennessee State at Middle Tennessee State. As I think he's got that as one of his top games or be his top game overall. Um, let's see. Um, Edward Dwight Boyd says, thanks to LSU for the paycheck. Beyond that, no interest. <laughs> yeah, look, I agree, but the, the smack to the band, I mean, if I, I just think that's special. You know, you, you got to be able to see that. I I got to see that. that. That'll be interesting to see how that gets played up. And let's see. Um, I, I just saw the question in here. Oh, from Edwin. Edwin Moore asked me, do I think FAMU is going undefeated this year or UNC is going to be sorry this year? Um, I will say this, Edwin. I did not predict for Florida A&M to go undefeated this year. So I I did pick them to win the swag, though. I'm the lone wolf, though, Drew. Oh! I'm the lone wolf that picked FAMU amongst everybody in the BCSN family. That so I, a lot of y'all don't eat crow, and I want my I want my you know pay me my money when uh, when FAMU handles this. But but yeah, I, I don't think they're going undefeated. That's I hey that'd be great, but that's a lot to ask. 
Uh, <laughs> anything else you see out there, Drew? Any other questions or any other comments before we run the break real quick? Uh, let's take it to break. All right. You're in the BCS in Sports Wrap. We'll be back in a couple minutes uh, right here on the Sports Network. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with truly unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. For two hundred. 
Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew here. Make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network on Twitter and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. If you're watching us on the YouTube stream, go ahead and hit that like button up there. We appreciate it. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to us there. Appreciate everyone who's in the chat. And if you're on Facebook, uh, go ahead, hit that uh, thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed to us, whether you're our Black or BCSN Sports Wrap Facebook page or the Black College Sports Facebook page. We appreciate you. And, hey, everybody, look, I know you guys listen to podcasts. We all gone so video digital with our podcast. But if you want to listen to the podcast, you know, and, hey, we appreciate it. Even if you just go to the page, listen for a minute, and rate, review. I mean, we'll take that. It's cheap, but we'll take it. But go to the BCSN pod zone. Everywhere that you listen and downcast, just search BCSN pod zone. We're on Apple. We're on iHeart. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. Uh, all of the podcast platforms. But uh, we really would appreciate you checking out all of the shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network. That's our show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the O'Reilly Zone, the pregame show uh, drops shows. Uh, 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 now it'll be a little more common. Um, Brave Talk with Charles Edmond covering Alcorn State and uh, the Carlos Brown show, which obviously Carlos does his show on Saturdays primarily covering Southern. Uh, anything I missed on there, Drew? Uh, I think that's it. You said inside uh, football with BJ. So, yeah, I think that's oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe some, some space on the round table. Okay, yeah. Uh, obviously, um, we're expecting with this season upcoming, uh, Brandon BJ Jones inside HBCU football. Uh, should be coming back for another season. So that that too. So all of these shows, if you miss them, if you missed it, you got to be subscribed onto the podcast. And then that way, when you're driving into work, when you're sitting in the office, a little bored, and you want to just listen to something, you know, we, we've got you covered. We're just trying to find so many different voices and different opinions on how we all consume this uh, HBCU content. All right. So, um, uh, let's see, just kind of peeping back through the chat room. Uh, all right, let's go to HBCU versus HBCU matchups that will occur non-conference speaking. So, non-conference games that occur during the course of the season, um, this is actually, as I'm looking, I know we added a few games that we that I know we left off through. So this might be a little hard to kind of do an overall five. So let's just do our own personal five. And if we kind of get one that we both agree on, then we'll kind of just over it. So um, you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, I started last time, I believe. So that means it would be you. All right, so number one top non-conference HBCU versus HBCU matchup. How could it be anything other than uh, the Southern Heritage Classic in Memphis, Tennessee, week two, Jackson State versus Tennessee State? Um, I mean, look, with 
with all of the off the field stuff, okay, that went on behind this game, this should actually be a very competitive ball game. If if, if the metrics prove to be true, Tennessee State should have a much improved team. Okay, you already know what Jackson State is bringing. Uh, we're 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 expecting a lot of improvement from a great season a year ago, and um, you know I I just think this game should be uh, should be a an excellent ball game. And then look, this game has been played in Memphis for the past thirty years. I want to say Drew something like that. And this may be the final. This may be the final game, uh, which is, you know, I'm sure for the city of Memphis, people in Memphis, maybe they're sad about it. I actually, I've got a friend who's from Memphis. I may have to ask him and kind of see, get hit, get a gauge of of, of what uh, folks from Memphis really feel about this contest. But but that's uh, that's number one for me. What about you? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna start off with the obvious one, Brian. It's got to be the BX Swag Challenge. The excuse me, or should I say the BX Challenge? Because the Swag has not lived up to their end of the BX Swag Challenge, <laughs> having lost 11 of the 15 games. So the uh, Howard versus Alabama State Act Challenge is going to be my top one top game because I want to see if Alabama State can make the SWAC relevant once again. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess it's the, I, I, I want, I, on just the pomp and circumstance of it being that game, I, sure, I, I, I wish I could put this in my five, but it is not in my five. Um, so I, I've got to, I've got to move. I got to move forward for others. Yeah, I, I don't have that one in my in my uh, rolodex of games. So let's do uh, number two. That is in my rolodex though, and that's going to be FAMU traveling to South Carolina State week number six. Um, I don't know what I don't know what we can call this. The 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 battle for you know th- this. The battle for the 2022 national championship? I don't know. I mean, look, you know, that that's what you may have to call this one because obviously you had you had some people, uh, actually some people that rated Florida A&M number one at the end of the season. You got a lot of people uh, like Jamie Walker uh, who said, Florida State won the Celebration Bowl. So they should be the champs, even though they lost 30-7 to last year to FAMU. But anyway, so there's a lot of that. And then just the history of this game. Two former MEAC opponents. Uh, FAMU has, under Buddy Pugh, with Buddy Pugh as the coach, FAMU has not had a great record uh, against Buddy Pugh. So they finally got over the hump. These last two meetings in 2019 and 2021, uh no, twenty what year is this? Yeah. So so twenty twenty two is gonna be an interesting matchup and this game six. So I, I this this is gonna be a mess a must see game and, and if it wasn't for all the drama with the with the with the other 
thing in Memphis, this would probably be, probably be number one for me. And also, let's think back to the last time Fab you traveled to Orangeburg as a member of the BAC to play South Carolina State. And that's when South Carolina State took uh, defeat from the jaws of victory against Florida A&M, especially unsportsmanlike penalties at the end of the game that gave FAMU the field position and allowed them to go down and score in about three or four plays. So, you know, that's definitely a game to uh, put up there as a game I had on my list also. So you've got that one. Ah, I have to stay with the FAMU thing. But I have to go to the Division II opponent that they play, that being Albany State. Albany State uh, will be ranked in the top five, probably in the top 20 of Division II. So this is not your normal FCS Division II game, number one. Albany State's campus is 90 minutes from FAMU's campus, Hassie, which means Albany State has the potential to bring a good crowd to talent. So you, I expect to see a lot of blue and gold, royal blue and gold in the stands mixed in with the green and orange, number two. Number three, Albany State, a top 10 defense in Division Two last year. Overall, they... Only they had six shutouts and two more, two additional games when they gave up one touchdown or less. Oh, hold up, Brian. Those two games where they gave up one touchdown or less, Brian, was on special teams, and one was on a fumble six. So the defense actually had eight shutouts, Brian. So, uh, and this did a this is a week three match, like the. FAMU, if FAMU is still playing musical quarterback at that point in time, as there's been some debate that FAMU may start to see two quarterbacks in the rotation, and then as they get into deeper into SWAC play, because they will have one SWAC game under their belt, finally settle on one. This may not be the game to determine who your number one is, Brian. <laughs> Um, I'll I tell you, the, I, I think I may we may have talked about this offline. What I find, and I have this game on my list five too. So this is one of my top five, and the reason it's on that list is because for Florida A and M's offense, this is who their first four weeks of the season are. Number one, their own teammates on the other side of them in scrimmage for one. Number two, playing an FBS opponent, North Carolina. Number three, Jackson State. And then the, the fourth week. The the swag last year. Exactly. And then you've got one of the top defenses in all of Division Two in Albany State. So, defense, Drew, defense travels. So, it doesn't matter. They are playing. Look, I don't know if. North Carolina's defense is good or not, I'll be honest, but I, I you would like to maybe give, I'm giving them some, a little bit of respect 
and saying all the scholarships they giving away and all them extra got in, in Chapel Hill, they might have got some guys over there who can play some defense. Okay, hopefully not. Maybe if M, if M you just runs through them, um, you know, like 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 a like a bad like a bad uh, digestive enzyme. But you know, I'm just hoping that I, I'm just hoping, 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 hoping that the offense finds itself. You know, the offense finds itself. But that, that's a tough stretch at the beginning of the year. So I, I'm curious to see how Albany State uh, comes to play. So uh, you, you like that, Drew. I was trying to clean it up. Uh, I, I was trying to find the right word. I, I had to clean it up a little bit. I didn't want to be too graphic. With, you may have found the right word, but that's a, that, that's, a, that's a hell of an analogy, bro. Let, give me another yeah, game, man. Sorry about that. Give my mind off of that analogy. Yeah, okay, so, so just, give, <laughs> just give you another game in general. Uh, uh how about the uh how about the um i'll go down you know now north carolina ant and north carolina stroll is a game that's one of my five okay and from the standpoint of i know ant has owned this game the last four years and i mean they have they have run rough shot over their little brothers okay they really have but this game being played in Charlotte, a neutral site NFL stadium, they, they you know, you're hoping for a great crowd. Uh, you potentially may have more people watching this game in the stadium than the history of this, this series, Drew, because at the most A&T stadiums, 20-something, maybe, and Central Stadium seats less than that. So imagine you really could Yeah, you, you really could have thirty, who knows, four. I mean, if folks in Car in the Carolinas really get uh comfortable with it being Labor Day, who knows? They may hit fifty. So that would be amazing. I, I hope the I hope the Reed's able to support that. I don't know. Uh but it has the potential to be a very big game, the largest uh, attended game in the history of this series. And I think a lot of people are thinking that North Carolina Central will be better than predicted. Uh, A&T has already predicted the, the watered-down Big South. So that I, I think that the game has a, has a lot riding on it and could be real big. All right. Uh, I've got to go one and it's kind of obvious for me at this level. Tus Tuskegee Hampton in which should be called uh, the Battle of uh, Hampton with, prop with one of the toughest schedules for an HBCQ in FCS and one of the few games Games that are circled on Hampton's schedule as a W is the game against Tuskegee. Mm. I am buying the Golden Tigers Kool-Aid. I am buying the, the Reginald Ruffin cocktail. So, <laughs> because Tuskegee has a history of defeating FC. SHBCUs. So 
Buffett on that history and having and done it himself, I can see Tuskegee pulling that upset in Hampton, Virginia, and you know just pretty much put a damper on Hampton season. And this is probably one of the two or three winnable games for Hampton scheduled this year. Well, if if you be the prognosticators, yeah, this is slated as one of the few winnable games for Hampton, given what many people think will happen to them when they get in the CAA. Uh, I, yeah, so I, that's tough, true. I, I love that. The, the, the Reginald Ruffin, uh, what'd you call it? The Reginald Ruffin. Cocktail. Cocktail. The yeah. Tuskegee uh, Kool-Aid uh, um, and the Reginald Ruffin Cocktail. There you go. I, I love it. I love it. Um, what how, what number are we on here? Are we on? This is our last game, right? I don't here? know. Uh, I think it is. I think, I think it this is. is number five. I think this is number five. But I do have an honorable mention. If so, we don't have a room for another one. Okay, so go ahead and get to it. I'm, yeah, I'm curious about now. It's it's funny you mentioned Hampton because obviously the week where they play Howard. Uh, the week after they played Norfolk State, I'm curious among Pirate Nation, which rival are is bigger? Is it the the battle for what, what they call that? The battle of the the battle for the HU battle, the battle of the Bay, real HU what, what you got real HU or the the real HU the real HU uh, which you got the real you know, HU you got what's the battle funny? of the Bay. Right. What's funny about that, though, is that Howard people remind me or will remind anybody that Hampton's former name was Hampton Institute. So it's like, how can you be H.U. when you were Hampton Institute? I I don't know. So I I thought that that's a anytime. Yeah, they always do that when uh, Howard's losing, which they have lost recently in this series. They've done a lot of losing in this series. So, of course, that's always the, the throwback is, you know. You can't. You, you're an institute. You know that's like, but you know us when we get with Bethune and then when they get up when we get upset with them, they're always BCC. Uh, so I will go um, as my last game. I'll go with that uh, that Big Cat Classic uh, down in South Florida this year between Edward Waters and Florida Memorial. I know you know there's not a lot of uh, people that are familiar as these are two teams that are, well, obviously Edward Waters was NAIA. Now they're moving to D2. Uh, Florida Memorial is NAIA, but they're in South Florida. So there's a lot of potential, but this is just, uh, it was an exciting game. And I'm going off of the game because we were there last year in at Edward Waters. What an exciting electric atmosphere for that contest. And I got a feeling you get the same, from uh florial uh this year so i that's that's number five for me uh is that contest there between uh edward waters and florida memorial uh what, what do you have on the honorable mention list and then i will kind of go through i know there's a lot of people commenting with their thoughts in the in the chat room so what's your honorable mention my honorable mention is a pair of games uh bluefield state 
they host Johnson C. Smith week one. They travel to Virginia State week two. Why is this game interesting to me? Because the rumors of Shawan possibly leaving the CIAA uh, eventually. And mm. State okay. as replacement to Shawan if they would leave the CIAA. Oh, Bluefield State has made no secret about they want to join the CIAA. Across the border in uh, West Virginia from North Carolina. So they're right there on the southern portion of West Virginia. So that's a perfect geographically, a perfect school to replace Shawan or one else who decides to leave the IAA. Y'all, y'all can read between those lines with all and everything. But seeing how Bluefield State ended with a second year football program. Opponents. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's kind of let's go through uh, Lawrence Reeves. Here's Lawrence top five. He goes number five, the Alabama State versus Howard game at five. South Carolina State at North Carolina AT is four. Yeah, that that's a good matchup. I can't believe I uh, left that one off. Number three, FAMU at South Carolina State. Number two, Jackson State, Tennessee State, and Memphis. And number one, uh, this is interesting. Now, does this qualify? His number one is Grambling State at Jackson State. That's a conference game, though. So we got to throw that one out. Tech, but, but Give us another one, Lawrence. Give us another one. We got to throw out that one. Well, well, hold on. Hold on, oh, Drew. Technically, yeah, you're it's not right. a conference you, you're right. game. You're right. You're right. It, it I is stand corrected. There are, there are conference opponents. Conference they are opponents, conference opponents. But there's not a conference game. I, right. If, I, if this is Dr. Cavill's show, I, I will make the correction on your on your report card. <laughs> good, good catch, right, there, okay. Good catch. Okay. Good catch. Yeah. Um, EA says yeah. that. Uh, the FAMU-South Carolina State game might be South Carolina State's biggest crowd in 20 years. Uh, I, he might be right. That I might be a big line there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry, you know what, Larry? Every now and then we do open up the call lines on some of our other shows. We talk about doing it on this, but you can always drop your your suggestions there or your top five in the chat room, Larry. Um uh, and uh we we'll we'll be opening it up. He he's got some thoughts there he wants to share with us. I did not forget about our bet EA as I'm anticipating <laughs> seventeen, you're gonna lose. Seventeen thousand, you're gonna lose. I'm telling you now, there will be more than seventeen thousand. If I have to do the marketing and promotions, there will be more than seventeen thousand at that game. Yeah. Uh, just to let you know. Hey, so Chuck Hunt Chuck Hunt reminded us that both Tuskegee and Hampton were institutes uh at one point also, as we talk about uh Howard and the HU battle. Hey Brian, let's quickly well, look at some of the FCS D two games. Go ahead, something. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's fine. Yeah, let's let's take a look at those. Um uh obviously in week one, this is the lineup of games that you have in week one. You've got Alabama State, Miles College, 
You've got Southern hosting Florida Memorial. UAPB hosting Maine College. Which game is the Y game? Southern Memorial. Southern Florida. Why? 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 Why are they playing their game outside the check? Southern needs somebody to beat up after uh, who they you know they need somebody to start. Nah, the that's season week with. one. That's week one. Yeah, yeah, they they need somebody to play. I mean, look, Florida Memorial is not going to pass up a check. I mean, good for them. Them. Um, look, Southern's got more. Look, Southern's getting seven hundred and fifty from from uh, LSU. You don't think they got any? They got some money to spare. They do right. Uh, Delaware State versus Lincoln, PA. That's also on. Moving over to week two, Morehouse versus Howard. That's an interesting game. Uh, um, you know, a lot of bragging rights there. Uh, who's got uh, the bigger endowment? I'm sure somehow will get tossed around in that uh, contest. Uh, how about this is an interesting matchup in week three to pay attention to. Upset. Kentucky State travels to Dayton to play on the Dayton Flyers, who are an FCS opponent, right? Kentucky State has beaten an FCS opponent each past two seasons. Now, that was a different coach, but current coach is part of the staff from the last couple of years. Uh, the same thing will be run. There's an opportunity for possibly Kentucky State to knock off their third uh, or, or an FCS opponent for the third consecutive year. And the other opponent drew Mississippi Valley taking on Delta State. Delta State actually ranked uh, 15th in the Massey ratings in Division II. So that that will, will not be a, a cakewalk for Mississippi Valley State. Excuse me. Any, any thoughts you want to add? Any upsets that you might see in those? Uh, definitely. I'm with Kentucky State Dayton. Possibly a game where you could have a D2 BNFCS week three Valley Delta State. If Valley is the team that we think Valley is supposed to be this year, they can't lose to a Delta State. I don't care what Delta State is ranked as a division. People think Valley is going to next step and be a contender in the SWAC. They've got to beat Delta State. Uh, and I'm going to flip that. Lane, UAPB, if Lane is going to be a contender in the SIAC, they have to remain competitive against UAPB. That's just my couple of I agree right with there. you. That, that game it's a game that I think UAPB better be on their game against Lane. Um, that one, that'll be interesting. What about the potential, any type of hangover for Alabama State coming off a zero game against Howard and then having to play my, you know, my, who was it that my fits to last year in week one or two last year? That, that was the Alabama State Miles game where Miles very easily could have a state struggled against Miles last year in the Labor Day Classic. But I do not expect to struggle this year as they will have the Howard game 
to knock off all the rust uh, instead of opening it up against Miles. And Miles was a very competitive team last year. And let's think about it. Miles, with their non-conference schedule last year, played themselves out of contention as far as getting to the Division II playoffs because they went through four quarterbacks last year. And this was one of the games they lost the quarterback against this FCS opponent. So will things be will things be different or will things be more of the same this year in that game? I do expect Alabama State under Coach Erob to dominate that game with that being their first game in their you know on their new turf in their stadium. Technical issues, the little hiccup there. I know we might have lost some people there um, in our in our chat room there on uh, YouTube. Hopefully, I think Facebook kind of kept going. Um, hopefully, Twitter. Nope, Facebook stopped as well. All right, and probably Twitter as well. So uh, that's why you yeah, need to go so back and catch the pods off. Perfect. Or the app. Exactly. Yep, because we will put we'll put all this together into one nice show. Somebody will edit it. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, but we'll 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 for 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 purposes of putting it on wax, we'll go ahead and finish uh, the show as we had planned. Uh, I hate the fact that we we lost our our, our people because had a good little chat thing going there. So, uh, but but that's all right. We'll we'll pick that up in a minute and come back to it. Drew, we were talking about schedules and you brought up an interesting question as it related to season schedules and tough stretches during the course of the year. And so I'll let you, you know, rephrase or re-ask your question again. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll see if my thought has changed anymore since, uh, we talked about it and discussed it earlier. Okay. I have found five teams that have some of the, for lack of a better word, craziest schedules for our HBCUs this year. Let's start off with the Howard Bison. They start the season with three road games, two neutral site games, and two buys before they play their first home game. And their first home game is against Harvard, and that game will occur on October 15th, Brian. That is Mm -hmm. week seven of the football season. And let's add in the fact that Howard is starting week zero. So after eight weeks of football, Howard will finally get to grace themselves in D.C. What's interesting, Drew, is they only play, you know, obviously with the MEAC schedule, you're either playing three at home or two away or some vice versa, some, some, or flip it the other way, three and two. They're two home games. They're this year doing the two home, three on the road. 
So they've even got a disadvantage, a disproportionate advantage uh, with their conference schedule. But I, so, so your your question is, as you look at that, they've got you mentioned the the neutral site games uh, against uh, Albany State, Morehouse. Where is the game against Morehouse being played? Giant, uh, Bet Life Stadium. Okay, in, they're playing uh, at East New Rutherford. York. Wow. Wow, yes. okay. So that, that's big for Howard. Uh, and then they've got Yale on the road. Uh, that'll be interesting. We don't get many of the HBCU versus Ivy League games. So that's good got for Howard. Yeah, they got two of them. They got Howard and and uh, or Yale and Harvard. So I I think the, the, the odd trip is the trip to South Florida. Because if you think about it, they're traveling to Atlanta. Then they've got to go to Hampton, which, I mean, that's not terribly far from the D.C. Then they've got to go to South Florida. That's the one from South Florida back up to the East Coast. That's the one that will be the interesting challenge for them in that stretch. So uh, not not an easy schedule for Howard, to say the least. In terms of travel, yeah, that that's pretty challenging. I um, – I think only Grambling, Grambling might scoff at you, though, and say, yeah, our first four games are on the road, so how about that? And you know, and we have to travel to Florida as well, so, you know. Right. Yeah, but I'll trade four for seven weeks away any day of the week. Hey, and, and, and let, me add, let me add this. Now, to your point, Two of those first four are not true road games. Grambling is playing four true road games, right? You're going to the opponent's home field. They're, they're, you know, Arkansas State, Northwestern State, Jackson State, Bethune-Cookman. They're no neutral. That's not a neutral site, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't know, Drew. I you 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 can throw Howard out there, but I would I would counter with Grambling State and say, how you like them apples? I got you. One interesting thing about the uh, MIAC, Brian, do you notice that none of the MIAC conference games or neutral site games, every conference game is a true home and home? Just throwing that out there. Well, well they and they shouldn't play any new. I mean, the fact that you're limited. But the, the SWAC just... plays, has neutral site games during their conference schedule. Multiple neutral site games on their. I, I think schedule. the. I think the. I think the fan, whether it's the fan base or the environment, I think it's bigger. It's a little bit different, and, and the fact that you do have four, you have potential of four, and then you've got the non-conference as well. Um, I don't know. I, you know, might call me weird. I mean, look, South Carolina State is playing. They got five home games. Yeah, they got five home games. You know, they they yeah. got a challenging. Look, talking about that, how about South Carolina State now? Well, that's that's drew. challenging schedule. We just talked about crazy schedules. Okay, I'm okay. Uh, okay, yeah. Go ahead. That's a challenging schedule. I mean, yes, they start off with four in a row on the road, Central Florida, Bethune. Yeah, true Florida games. Now, now, I, I want to know. This is going to be interesting. Will they actually come back from Florida? Yeah, because they go from Central Florida, then the Bethune. Yeah. It's okay. only eight, it's only eight uh, ten hours ten hours. I, I, we've done the trip. 
the drive from uh, Central Florida to uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. It's like a, I think it's ten hours max. Might be a little less than right. that. But and, so and yeah, did, that that's not. And then the other two games are in the Carolinas. I mean, A and T in South Carolina. Okay, so but let's get back to travel, the they're, they're not hard travel games. I don't think. Right. Let's get back to another one. Alabama A and M. They start the season off with two, not one, but two FBSs. The good thing is both of those FBSs are in the state of Alabama, but they don't play a home game until they have a stretch from October 8th to November 19th with no home games. And during that during their five-week stretch, they have three neutral site games, and two road games, but I put an asterisk by one of those neutral site games, Brian. Uh, that is the game scheduled for St. Louis. I believe that is October sixteenth, because that was that is originally Alabama A and M's home game, and I have been able to find out any information on the River City Classic. No, no ticket information. No credentials. The game's not even listed. The game is not even listed on the America Center's website as an event. Oh, wow. Which is what this wow. game is supposed to be uh, held at. So uh, Drew's going to do a little bit of investigative reporting next week because if this game is not pulled off, that will be the second classic in the last two complete footballs, well, two of the last three football seasons that will be scheduled for St. Louis and not occur for one reason or another. So, but if that if that do, if that does happen, that game will be returned to Alabama A and M because that was originally their home game. Yeah, you're gonna have to make some calls. Which, which at that point, look at that stretch for Alabama A and M. That then they they get a stretch with. Three games in a row, four of yeah. five, four of five at home, and uh, go, yeah. and then they come out, and then they head to a bye week. So, uh, yeah, that turns from a crazy schedule to a favorable schedule. It does, it does, it does. It turns into a very favorable schedule, and t- especially in and, and then of, they come off the bye week and play the Magic City Classic. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so. Um, you, you talk about looking at scheduling from the terms of how it affect winning. That's that's a good point. Any any other any other uh, schedules out there? I've got, you're looking at. I've, I've got I've got three more. Jackson State has okay. two stretches where they go three weeks between home games: October one, eight, and fifteen. They have a bye game, a road game, and a neutral game, and then of course. We all know that the end of season away from home, November 5, 12, and 19, with a road game, a neutral site game, and another road game to end the season. So two stretches where you've got to – Jackson State will have to basically tough it out. You know, I – I, I don't think this is as crazy as schedule. I, and I know, you know, Jack, I know Coach Prime is like, he, he wishes he had more home games. I mean, he only has four. But he's playing four neutral site games. I mean, you, you're thinking 50,000 for uh, the FAMU game in uh, Florida. 50 in Memphis. I maintain, despite what EA thinks, 
there's going to be over 17,000. I'm saying you're going to at least 40 at Bethune. And the AM game in the Gulf Coast, that too will probably bring 30 plus. No, I think that's going to be a 30. That's a 30,000 game. That's, I don't even think that stadium holds 40. So that's going to be a so. 30. If it, if it holds 40, it's low 40s. It's not a 50,000 seat stadium. Okay. In Mobile. Well, uh, go ahead. But that, and then, but, of course, you're throwing another, six, throwing another 60 at homecoming. So. Uh, yes, when they host uh, Campbell for homecoming, and so I, I, I think I think it's a favorable. It's it's an interesting schedule. It could be worse. Put it like that. It, it could definitely be worse in terms of true road games. Uh, but, but you know, you 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 do have a tough stretch. You got Alabama State, Alcorn, and Texas Southern as true road games. But you you, you catch a you might catch a break in the fact that you're playing three opponents in conference on on a on a neutral site, so to speak. Although, you know, you're playing, you're making two trips to Florida, and you know, actually, in terms of travel and mileage, Drew, I bet you Jackson State may uh, may may have the most miles under their belt this season in terms of travel distance you know i don't know somebody somebody should do somebody do the math on that and take a peek and see if that's true go ahead all right you you mentioned four neutral site games brian how about four neutral site games on the division two level fort valley state with four neutral site games three road games and three home games with the last home game being October 15th. So they will finish the last month away from home. Those four yeah, uh, site games for Fort Valley are the Tuskegee and the Red Tails Classic, Kentucky State, I cannot remember the name of that classic. That will be in... That's in Canton, even though that's I an SIC opponent, yeah, even though it's an SIC, SIC opponent, it's not a conference game. Uh, let's check the conference schedule. Well, yes, those first two games are. Created, yeah, those, those those first two games are not conference opponents. Then right. they play Savannah State in Macon, and then they finish the season with the uh, Fountain City Classic against Albany State, and those are mm-hmm. and and. and now that I look at it, you've got back-to-back classics to start the season, back-to-back classics to finish the season as neutral site games. So, interesting schedule for Fort Valley. And okay. go ahead. Did you have something on that one? I did not. Go ahead. Okay. And my last one, on, and this is also at the Division Two level, is Benedict. Benedict does not have a home game after October 8th. They've only got three home games. Excuse me, uh, check that. They have four home games, but they're home for the first six weeks of the season and finish the remainder of the season on the road. And none of their games are neutral site games. So these are all true road games when we're talking about Benedict. 
college. And that's the, and and I say all this, Brian, without uh, overstating the obvious that Virginia Lynchburg plays every game on the road. <laughs> um, I promise we're gonna stop uh, beating beating uh, taking taking swipes at Virginia Virginia VU Lynchburg. Like they are a pinata doll hanging from a tree, um, but um, yeah. So I hold on, hold on. What, what, while we're on Lynchburg, Lynchburg. No, I really wasn't. But go ahead. More HBC, more HBCUs than half the schools. Half the schools out here, and they're not in the HBCU conference. <laughs> oh yeah, you're true. They only have, uh, let's see, Presbyterian one, and Weber. Two, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. They, they play, no, no, they play, they play more HBCU opponents than seven Division two or NAIA schools and more than one, two, three, four, five, Six. They play more HBCUs than five of the six BX schools. Mm. Well, look, no, uh, coming six, back to four of the six BX schools. I'm sorry, you were talking about Benedict. So coming back to that, I think it's a shame that Benedict. They have a beautiful stadium, and so to be losing out uh, of playing games in mid-October, early November. Uh, I know that's got to be disappointing for them. Um, I would imagine looking at their schedule, they're probably going to do some sort of mix between a homecoming and senior day on October 8th. I mean, that's, I mean, you, I don't know. You, I don't think you're doing homecomings in November in uh, September. So that leaves that Morehouse. We, we, we've, oh, that's seen, miles. we've seen worse. Yeah, have I've we seen worse? I've seen really? us okay. last week of September homecoming before. Yikes! All right, um, I I will okay. Let me counter while you're talking about this uh, about schedules and well, actually, that's let, let's transition to the other conversation because I think we we hit it. We will talk about it as we get into talking about the. Uh, HBCU versus HWCU matchup. Um, let's start at the Division Two level. Let, let's start with them first. Um, now, I don't know if we. How, how do we? Do we? Do we? Do we want to go top five here and stick to yeah, that let's theme? Do, let's do our top five. Okay, top five. So. Number one for me is you may want to call this number one and two, or maybe just if I could get by with ranking this as a combo pack, I'm going to rank it as the number one thing for me, the the week one and week two matchups for Fayetteville State. For Fayetteville State, the Broncos uh, looking to kind of get out of the shadows of Bowie State from the last three years of losing to them in the championship game, uh, they're non-conference. I mean, they are, they're they're two different teams, non-conference and conference. They have not had much to any success 
in almost 30 years against an HWCU. Um, going back, I hey, shout out to Fayetteville State and whoever does their website and has this information up uh, props because it, we, we know a lot of people don't usually go past the past decade. So props to Fayetteville State for for what they do. But they've got, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find it here, Drew. Uh, week one is, uh, week one is UNC Pembroke. Week two is Wingate. Wingate coming in ranked about 51. UNC Pembroke somewhere in the hundreds, right? Fayetteville State has lost to Wingate each of the last four seasons, you know, uh, Obviously, not not that nobody played that COVID year, but each of the last four seasons, they've lost to Wingate. Prior to scheduling Wingate, guess who was the opponent that they lost to for like three or four years consecutively? UNC Pembroke. Pembroke, yeah. So finally, this year, they bring in Pembroke and Wingate, and they have both of those games at home back-to-back. So... Six home games overall this season for Fayetteville State. But more importantly, you get this, you get an opportunity to do something that hasn't been done since, check this, Drew, November 13th, 1993. When Fayetteville State defeated Newberry College 20 to 18. That was the last time Fayetteville State beat an HWCU, PWI, however you want to call it, in a non-conference matchup. Yes, I said nearly 30 years since Fayetteville State has got a tasted a victory uh, against a against a non-HBCU. Brian, this year, the streak comes to an end. Yes, we were both at FAMU at that time. Work. What what were you at at FAMU at that time? You would have been so that what, was a sophomore, sophomore? Year, yeah. sophomore year. And actually it's funny is I have to check the date. November 13th might have been the same day of the Florida State Notre Dame game that was played in oh. Notre Dame. And and I know the, where I was sitting. Is that the one they lost? Florida State history. lost. That's the game Florida State lost. Yes. yes, yes. Charlie Ward was the quarterback for Florida State. Uh, Notre Dame ended up winning that contest, and then they would screw around and lose to Boston College uh, on a field goal the next week, week later. Yes. Yeah. So, but but I think November thirteenth might have been that Saturday when that occurred. So that that's what's crazy as I think about that. I don't know the exact date, but uh, yeah, th- this year, the street comes to an end, Drew. I'm, I'm calling it comes to an end. Yeah. What's your well, number that, one? That, oh, I was going to say just for me, that would have been uh-huh. my junior year. And okay. that, yeah. that was just before, let's see. That that would have been I had just gotten back off of my first internship, my first and my second internship. 
Matter of fact, mm -hmm. that was the only time I was on campus in a two-year span because I was away at internships uh, like three out of four semesters consecutive. That was the only semester I was actually on campus. Okay. That's the best wow. right there. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> and was not planning on going to to that third internship until they told me Pfizer was going wanted me to go. And we we all know how good the experience we had at Pfizer because we both did the Pfizer internship. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Let's get back to the relevance. Let's get to the relevance. We got to move. We got to move on this segment. So okay. So we are looking at, I don't, I don't forgot what we were looking at. Division two, division two, HBCU versus PWIs. D2 HBCU PWIs. Uh, I am going I, to take I've, – I've, I've got to take a combination of games. If you took a combination of games, Brian. Okay. Albany State – But mine, but mine, was, mine was with one school, though, so that's the only caveat there, one school. Okay, no, these, these are both Albany State games, but okay. the two games that they play against the Gulf South opponents, they open up the season against Mississippi College, and then week three against Shorter College. Mm -hmm. So playing those two Gulf South opponents that they played last year, notice Valdosta State is not on the schedule this year. Smart, smart job there by <laughs> Coach G for not letting up Valdosta State ruin the party again. Good but move. they're going to have – in order to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win both those games. If they win both of those games, they finished last season at number four they could be sitting in the same position as a Bowie State was last year with the number two, with the opportunity to be a number one seed, assuming they uh, take care of business in the SIAC. That's why I have to group those um, two games together. I didn't think about grouping them because I think the important game is the first one, which is the Mississippi College game. Um, what, what's surprising is the metrics and the analytics from Massey ratings really only look at the, obviously, first off, I'm, I'm, this is why I talk about the importance of winning these, these games, Albany state ranked 42nd by Massey Mississippi college is 16, right? So technically, which, which is, which should be garbage. Let's think about that. Albany State, who finished number four in the region, the same region that Mississippi College is in, and shut Mississippi College out last year, 24 to yes. nothing, at their place. Get yes. them at home. Yes. And Massey Ratings has Mississippi College predicted to win their game and rank higher than Albany State. If you can find somewhere to put some money on that game, Put it on the Golden Rams. <laughs> yeah, I, you know when it, when you when you start dropping lines for Division Two games, <laughs> that'll be that'll be the day. I don't I don't know how you do that, but yeah, you know maybe maybe you convince somebody, but yeah. So I I've got uh, I I think Albany State can win that one, and in the shorter game, uh, they they're they they should win. They should be a favorite over shorter. So that was one of my five game or one of my. So that was my number two 
game. So uh, do do uh, do I go to it? Do I do a three? Do I do do I go to number three here? We'll both do a three. How about that? Okay, I like this matchup in week one here between Bowie State and New Haven. Just from the simple fact that both of these teams finished in the top 16 last year. Bowie State finished ninth in the uh, Division II polls after it was all said and done. New Haven finished 16th. Now, neither team is ranked in that in that stratosphere, according to Massey, going into this season. But still, I look for the fact that Bowie gets to host New Haven as a great opportunity for Bowie to get a win. And I think it'll do a lot to quiet a lot of people, a lot of critics, yours truly included, who don't think Bowie will be the same Bowie state that we've known them to be over the last several years what's your number three i've got it but i've got to flip this around i've got to actually do this from and look at the historically white school and then bring it back to the hbcq west alabama in week Mm -hmm. one and week three play two siac opponents they play morehouse in week one they play tuskegee in week three Now, we're talking about Albany State trying to wind up with a higher seed this year. Those two games against West Alabama by Morehouse and Tuskegee will help the SIAC's conference ranking if one or both teams defeat a West Alabama who comes in at number 19 on uh, the preseason preseason ranking. So for SIAC purposes, I have to look at those two games in in, in combination together, Brian, because that's that's a common opponent. One from the east side of the conference, one from the west side of the conference. So, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, Lauren, I see Lawrence Reeves agrees with you there. He's got his uh, number one is Tuskegee uh, at West Alabama. And um, I think, as I'm just looking here, he's got a few other games. He actually agreed his number two. He's got the New Haven Bowie State game. Um, His number five is actually my next game I'm going to go to, Drew. And that's the Virginia State at Lenore Ryan game uh, week one, Virginia State. Uh, Lenore Ryan's actually kind of ranked 29th in the Massey ratings. So, uh uh, that that's a team that has a a lot of uh, uh, they they've got playoff history, and so I'll almost say in the same respect that you pointed out West Alabama's impact on the CIAA. How about Lenore Ryan's impact on the C? Or no, excuse me, the SIC. How about Lenore Ryan's impact on the CIAA and Virginia State? You know, if Virginia State can find a way to get a win against Lenore Ryan, even though they're having to travel on the road, that can be a huge, that can be a huge pickup for whoever comes out of the CIAA. And many of us seem to think it'll be Fayetteville or could be Fayetteville. At least they're one of the few in the mix. So combine that with Fayetteville state's two wins over Pembroke and Wingate. 
CIAA drew might, who knows? Maybe they're the conference that gets two in. Well, I've got one more CIAA game if we're going to do that, then, Brian. You have to go to week two when Union travels down here around the corner from me and plays Valdosta State, the number three ranked Valdosta State. And with Union picked to be the heir apparent to Bowie State in the CIAA North by a lot of pro- a lot of prognosticators. So that's another game that will help the conference rating for the CIAA Union with a victory or a good showing on the road against perennial Division II power Valdosta State. I, lo- I love the fact that, you know, Valdosta State <clears throat> is playing a couple of HBCUs in uh, Miles and Virginia Union. Uh, shorter is playing a couple of HBCUs, I believe. Uh, West Alabama that you've already mentioned are playing a pair of HBCUs. Um, any Anybody else that's playing two in there that you see? Yeah, see, I, say Wingate, I think Wingate. Wingate has two. Wingate's playing two as well. Yeah. West uh, Georgia, we- not this year, but West Georgia has been known to play multiple HBCUs also. They usually... Be- uh, have a triumvirate with uh, Miles, Tuskegee, and Morehouse. They usually play a lot of times. They play a combination of two of those three uh, teams over the years. Uh, I believe does it Erkstein? Not this year. Erkstein is only has the one. But I know Erkstein in the past has yeah, played. Yeah, Erkstein is at year. Clark. They're at Clark this year. That was one of the games that and at Kentucky said. And they go to Kentucky State. I thought I saw Erkstein on there. Yes. Mm, I'm just checking here. You, uh, yeah, that's to open the season. So, yes. yeah, that's an opportunity there. Um, but my last game is going to be a game that I think this this team in the CIAA, uh, if they want us to take them seriously as a contender – in the CIAA, they need to get off to a good start and they need to win this game because they're hosting a almost a top 50 team at home, and that's Shaw. Shaw University hosting Wingate to open the season week one. After that, they go on the road to take on Wayne State, and then they host Bowie State. So Shaw, um, although part of being part of the South, how big is this first three weeks for Shaw where you've got two, two basically top 50 opponents, two of the three are at home. I'm, you know, between Wingate and Wayne state. And then you take on Bowie, the defending champs this year at home. So uh, three of the first four games for Shaw are at home, big opportunity for Shaw to really get off to a great start, but I think it starts with their game against Wingate. So uh, I'm looking to see can Shaw defeat Wingate and that win or loss could very well set the table for Fayetteville state. So Hey, Drew, the CIAA South who desperately needs some street cred, (coughs) some street cred, (laughs) they got a chance with possibly maybe getting a couple of wins uh, by by, by courtesy of Shaw and Fayetteville State against uh, some opponents like Wingate, you know. So uh, that, that's, that's huge for them. What, what's your number five? 
I, I think we've covered them all, Brian. There's nothing left out okay. there because, because outside the obvious of a Lincoln of Missouri who plays a, a non-HBCU schedule, West Virginia State who plays a non-HBCU schedule, you know, don't want to include those people in these conversations. So I think no, we pretty no, much covered them. The only, yes. <laughs> You're so talking about you want to see winnable games, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, uh, let's jump over uh, to. But I was gonna say let's F- save the level, other ones. Unless you want to add some. No, I was gonna say let's save those for next week and let's uh, get a couple of news and notes and everything before we get out of here. Well, let's uh, let's. Uh, you want to see? Why, why do you want to break it up? Why do you, let's get these okay. in and then right. let's get it in? Let's you know I don't have any news and notes. I know you got stuff. You got a couple of news notes. You can you. I think you can go through. I don't have any news notes, so I all would right, rather just you. get this get this in and be out. Uh, all right, so I'll start with I'll start with my number one matchup. Uh, now this is. HBCU versus PWIs, right? And this is a matchup, I think, that is a couple years in the waiting. But North Carolina A&T traveling to North Dakota State, the number one team, defending champs, or if they didn't this year, they probably won it last year, the year before, whatever. They are the standard, (laughs) okay? ND State is the standard, North Dakota State. North Carolina Aggies, North Carolina A&T State Aggies. You know, we're going to find out about the program. And is the program ready for what North Dakota State is going to bring? Uh, I'm looking forward to that game in week two. Not making any predictions, but I want to see A&T do well. I'll just put it like that. So that's my number one. What do you got? I would have loved. I would have loved to have seen that game when it was originally scheduled, which was during the year of COVID. I think A and T had a better team, was projected to have a better team that year when the game was originally on the schedule and had to be rescheduled this year due to the lost season of COVID. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, got it once again. I got to do a combination of games. Howard versus the Ivy League. We just we just leave it at that. <laughs> Yale at ho- Yale at home, Harvard on the road. So Howard versus the Ivy League. You know Howard has been considered by a lot of people as one of the I- Ivy League of HBCU. Well, let's see if they are the Ivy League of football. As you know, Ivy League does not believe in scholarships, right? But okay. No scholarships versus 63 scholarships. Howard Endowment versus a Yale and a Harvard Endowment. They don't give out athletic scholarships, but I guarantee you they can go find some money for some academic program for these football players. So it's going to be a real – I want to see those from a cultural and academic point of view just the meshing of those two programs and the fact we get to see them see that twice one at home and one away this year that really intrigues me you know y'all been talking about me as i've been talking about this game but i think it's really going to be interesting and i won't i'm gonna be real brian i want to see 
how those Yale people who a school that's given us a lot of our presidents of the United States interact when they go to a different part of DC that they've probably have never been to as far as being in DC, how those year along act and, and act and with our culture as they go to that part of DC. <laughs> I love the way you, I love the way you uh, frame that and uh, put that out there. That's uh, <laughs> those people. That That's funny. Uh, I'm not the only one who got a, got a hoot out of that. Um, that's uh, no disrespect. That's no disrespect by that. <laughs> no, of course, no disrespect. No disrespect. No shade. <laughs> um, my so so. Are you counting that as two games? That's two games in the books. For I, you, right? I you 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 doing the tabulation? I do enough math around here. I'm gonna let you do the tabulation. I got you. Okay, so that's two games for you. Um, okay, the next game. Excuse me. The next game for me, and I got to make sure I find it here. As I as I uh, bump around here looking for them and finding out where are they? Okay, here they are. I just want to I want to see what the predicted score is. Okay, week two, uh, uh, no, week one. Technically, week one. Alcorn is hosting Stephen F. Austin to open the season. This is huge for so many reasons, okay? Um, of course, Stephen F. Austin, according to Massey ratings, ranked 26th. But in terms of the voters, the voters, I've seen them ranked as high as uh, like 6. I've seen them as 9, 10, 11. So let's just say the voting public has Stephen F. Austin as a borderline top 10, definitely a top 15 team. Massey puts him probably about in the top 25. Big time op- opportunity here for Brave Nation. Brave Nation has to show up. They got to show up. They got to make this place an uncomfortable environment for Stephen F. Austin. And they have to be, they, they have to will their team to victory. I, and we still have so many unknowns about Alcorn. And I think we'll get a chance to, to, to come to a belief in who they are after this game. And I'm hoping that Alcorn doesn't beat themselves as they did last year. I think they had an opportunity to beat. Oh, I can't remember. I have to go back and look at the schedule. They had a chance to beat that somebody probably, last year. That would probably be the McNeese State team that I am going to talk about next. Yes. So, okay. So they had a chance to beat them at home and lost that game. So hopefully – you know, hopefully Alcorn can 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 rectify those issues. So that's my number. Th- uh, nope, that's my number three. Am I am I right on three? Two. I don't know. They made me lose track now. Two, two. Okay, that's my number two. Okay, so we've each listed two games. Go with your number three, Drew. And I just said Alcorn. You just mentioned, yeah. Yes. Wow. You've got Alcorn versus Stevie F. Austin. I give them a more than a puncher's chance against McNeese State. Stevie F. Austin, I think everything has to go perfect. McNeese State, they have they have a good chance against McNeese State. More than a puncher's chance against McNeese State. Yeah, I was trying to see where McNeese is. Huh? 
you know, McNeese is 42. So, I mean, look, those are two top 50 rated 42nd. So, McNeese, you're talking two top 50 rated opponents preseason-wise for Alcorn State. Um, you, you definitely would like to see Alcorn get a, get a win there. And, again, McNeese State, I don't know what the record is, but I think they've got some kind of decade-long streak versus SWAC opponents. They're the 13th member of the SWAC. Used to be number 11. <laughs> right. Yeah, move over, Tennessee State. We, we are the 13th member. Um, opportunities to win. That's what I'm looking here for my number three game. Um, and I I think there's a, there's a real good opportunity here for uh, – now, look, the, Grambling at Northwestern State – um. Uh, well, let me let me go back for a second. I, I'm I'm gonna scratch that game because there's only a handful of these games that you get at home, Drew. That's why the Stephen F. Austin game is so big. That game is a home game. Another I've game. I've got another set of games, and I hope you don't take it from me. Well, look, and you mentioned Yale is coming to Howard. Uh, yeah. I. I'm not going to t- if you're going to take if you're going to use Campbell Jackson State I'm not going to use that because that you you might be I don't know uh, I was going to go to the and I had this written down so I I think this is right it's the Texas Southern UTSA I think it's either that one or is it the Prairie View Incarnate Word I'm trying to remember one of those two games I think it's the Prairie View UTSA that's the game that uh bear with me here real quick let me let me make sure preview has has abilene and incarnate word both on the dsa um yeah i gotta double check i I gotta make sure no they've got incarnate word at home abilene on the road oh is that what it is okay yes Preview Uh, has abilene on the road incarnate at home Okay, that's going to be a tough one. The Incarnate Word. I mean, Incarnate Word is a top 20 caliber team rated 19th by uh, Massey. Um, so I, I, Texas Southern I is the one that travels to UTSA. No, I thought that was home. Texas Southern is hosting UTSA. Or... Who was I know Lamar is really okay. Prairie View at Lamar. That should be a winnable game for Prairie View. Although that's not a sexy game. You know, I'm looking for sexy matchups here. And I had my uh, dog on notes. I had well, why, down. Well, why you do that? I'm, I'm yeah, going to take, tri- go take the triumvirate of games by Campbell against our HBCUs. Campbell plays three HBCUs this year. Which is more than some HBCUs play other HBCUs. But I digress. <laughs> Central travels to Campbell week five. Campbell travels to Jackson State for week eight. And then Campbell travels to Delaware State for week 12. So not only do they play three HBCUs, but they travel to two of those three HBCUs. So, Drew, I, hold on. I'm sorry. Campbell has four. I'm looking oh, at did this. I miss one? Actually, you missed North Carolina Central uh, in week uh, on October one. That's what I got. That yes. Yeah. 
I got that. Uh, and at Jackson State, at North Carolina A and T the following week. I missed the A and T game at Delaware. I missed the A and T. I missed the A and T game. That's what it was. Okay, that's that's the week after Jackson State. So let's put this into into perspective, everyone. Campbell plays more HBCUs than Hampton. Campbell Ooh, plays more HBCUs than Tennessee State. Oh, that's that's that that might be fair. Go ahead. Campbell <laughs> plays more HBCUs. It plays as many HBCUs as A and T. IJS. Look, look. IJS. Campbell, look, big, big South, look, the Big South is what it is. You know, you got to think smaller conferences, they have more open slots uh, to play. Uh, now, what is interesting about those Campbell matchups, Drew, mm-hmm. Campbell's a favorite in all four of them. All four of them. The even the even even the Jackson State game, they were a, they were a three point favorite, and as high as thirteen to fourteen against Central and Delaware State, just one point again. The, the closest pick'em is against North Carolina A and T, their conference rival, uh, or I, well, I can't call them a rival, can you really? Because they're probably only going to play conference opponent for opponent. Conference so Campbell opponent plays. Campbell plays as many as plays five HBCUs this year. How did you get up Campbell? to five? Because they play A and T. They play four so non-conference. That's four. That's four. No, three non-conference. One, oh, then conference. one conference. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. You're correct. That's all right. You're yeah. correct. They play four. I, I mean, look by HBCU. by by the metrics. I mean. I mean, Campbell. Campbell is predicted to to win eight, nine games. Every game except um, an FBS trip to East Carolina and and a game at William and Mary. But they are predicted to to finish with uh, nine wins. So. I don't know if Campbell is that good, to be honest. Um, Campbell Campbell plays four HBCUs. Morgan State plays five. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to my next contest. Um, I know it's in I'm here. Done. Week, I'm week, done. Yeah, you should be done. Week two. <laughs> how about Morgan State traveling to Towson? Towson Speaking of. Yeah, speaking of Morgan State traveling to Towson, um, I believe Towson is in the uh, it's in the Baltimore region, is it not? It's in the Maryland area, right? It's in Maryland. I don't uh, know so, where it's in Maryland. Yeah, so I mean that's an opportunity there, um, but uh, good opportunity there in week. Let's see what week is that? That's week two. So for Morgan, <laughs> what's what? I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Psychedelic Ninja says, one Campbell commit thought that Campbell was an HBCU. <laughs> hey, look. 
I I can understand it. I can see it. I can understand it. I can see it. Uh, so Morgan State opens with uh, Georgia. Um, let me see, Georgia Southern, and then on the road to Towson, and then they're home against Sacred Heart. So I, I you know, I, there's something about that game against Towson. The fact that you've got uh, uh, the new coach Wilson. He's from the area, built up a reputation. I mean, look, he probably knows some of the kids at Towson, probably recruited them to come over to Bowie. So there might be some familiarity there that might help Morgan out. I, I like their chances on the road in that contest more so than opening the season against Georgia Southern. So uh, that's uh, – Chuck says Towson is located in the Baltimore, Maryland area. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I remember when they played that contest uh, a couple years ago, it was a big deal for that very fact because I think it was one of the first times that they played or maybe the first time in a long time since they played. So, yeah, um, upset. uh, Might be an upset opportunity there for Morgan. Uh, Any other contests that you want to spotlight, Drew, before we uh, close it out? I'm going to take a look here and see what other comments are here, what other matchups people are looking forward to. Uh, HBCU versus PWIs. No, I'm just having fun today. We're just having fun, man. Uh, Lawrence Reeves, number five, is Norfolk State at Sacred Heart. Tennessee State at Eastern Washington. I Eastern, look, I stayed away from that. Eastern Washington is ranked. I've seen them as high as six. I've seen them rated pretty high. I that's in the Pacific Northwest. You mean to tell me you really think Tennessee State is going to travel all the way out there? More power to them. More power to them. If they can do it, more power to them. Uh, his number three is A&T at North Dakota State. Number two, Stephen F. Austin at Alcorn. And his number one is Morgan State at Towson. Uh, let's see. How many games will Coach Jackson win? Coach Jackson. He's talking about Hugh Jackson? Look at that, Brian Johnson. You think that's who he's talking about? That's only Jackson I could think of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 500 would be a great year for Gremlin. Six, six wins. I mean, I I think the over-under is uh, pretty low. So if you, if you feel good about Jackson State, or uh, excuse me, Grambling, then uh, I'd say play the over. Uh, be on the, and by the way, be on the lookout for our new over-under contest that we'll be debuting on the Sports Wrap and the BCSN, an over-under contest. Get a chance to, uh, you know, you, you tell us the season win totals, conference win totals. When we drop that out, you, you we'll set the number and you tell us whether you think your school or this particular school will go over or under the particular number of wins this year. So we'll hopefully be able to display or debut that on next week's show. All right, Drew, what are some news and notes that you got that you want to hit through? First of all, uh, Boston sports. Now we know Boston has not had the greatest reputation among people that look like us when it comes to sports coverage. And once again, they showed their NBA or NWA. That's white, you know what? Natural white, you know what? 
Whoever runs Barstool Sports, this comes from Stephen Gaither of HBCU Game Day. Watch the Commanders president sets Barstool straight. Whoever runs the Barstool Sports Twitter gave the Washington Commanders and Omega Sci-Fi Inc. some unintended spotlight after starting off with shade. Barstool tweeted a TikTok video with two members of the Washington Commanders football squad dancing during a workout. And the, the caption read, why the Commanders can't win. That's the quote, why the Commanders can't win. Clearly, whoever targeted the joke didn't recognize those dance moves, probably because they didn't look like you or I, Brian, because those dance moves were actually two men of Omega Sci-Fi. I'm just going to take a wild guess that the Atomic Dog was the song playing in the background. I haven't seen the tweet. I'm just going to take a wild guess on that. I've, heard, I've seen anywhere. the video. Yeah, I've seen the video, but I couldn't really make out whether it was actually playing in the background or not. But yeah, okay. And and we know what happens when members of sororities and fraternities start start their stroll. Uh, William Bradley King and Market Mitchell, who are both members of Omega Sci-Fi, along with teammate Christian Holmes. Yes, and it says, and when George Clinton's classic Atomic Dog dropped, they did what every Q instinctively does and <laughs> set it out. Watch the commander's president, Jason Wright, made sure to correct it, let everyone know what was going on. First of all, the video was from OTAs. This is not from training camp. This was from OTAs. Second, for folks who complain about the No Fun League, it's a strange flex. Third, this is a random dancing. It re- it's representing Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, a historically black civic organization set in 1911. Ironically, Wright is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, the oldest fraternity, African-American fraternity in the nation. And he provided a link for all those people who wanted to learn more about Omega Sci-Fi where they could go out and find a little bit of information about the brothers of Omega Sci-Fi. So shout out to the Divine Nine on this one. Go ahead. Briefly on that. Go ahead. So as you said, you pointed out the person who probably is on the other end of that. So now what's funny is <clears throat> That video, which comes out, OTAs obviously were back in the summer. So like that means June. that video, June. May yeah, or June. That, yeah, that video was like in the archives or somewhere just loosely. Somebody had to pull that video up to want to put it out there. A, so because it wasn't, it wasn't new. It wasn't relevant. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't post that back in when it happened. So this is me. This is somebody who must have been a slow week. Must have been a slow week or the shade is really being thrown, not necessarily at the the fraternities or sororities, but more so at the commanders. You know, somebody is a real anti-commando fan. And yeah, they, you know, it's like, oh, well, let me let me pull up some some chicanery from the commandos and 
I'll, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll have a little the, fun at their expense. The Washington Commanders have done a lot of things wrong, but this isn't one of them. Uh, sure, true, true. But again, it, let's just say this person is an Eagles fan. Who was that? Whoever was on the other end of that phone. Any chance you get to throw shade at the at the at the formerly known as the Redskins team, you take that opportunity. You you do it. You don't hesitate. So I can see that. But and then I'll also say, and and I'll get out of here with with this segment. Uh, you know this commentary here on, on your story. Props to uh, what what's what's the name? Jason, the the president of the uh, Commanders. Jason Wright. Jason Wright. Props to Jason Wright for the way he handled it. You know, he he didn't make it a an issue in saying you're disrespecting, you know, uh, black culture or you're disrespecting. He 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 took the opportunity to educate, yes. to educate and inform. And I always think they don't care. Look, that's the thing. They. They, we know who they are. They don't. They don't know our culture and history, for starters. And and until it's really sort of brought to their attention as to why they should care about it or why they should be aware of it, that's when they become tuned in. So I I love the fact that he took the opportunity to educate, inform about the organizations where they come from, what this is, why they did it, move on. Nothing to see here. Hopefully the Commandos can win more than four games this year. I'm done. What's next? Uh, now, this is – all right. On Wednesday, it was officially announced by South Carolina State that they were moving on from athletic director Stacey Daniels. They replaced him with Keisha Campbell as the interim, who is a South Carolina State alum. Then on Thursday, Brian, they took care of an agenda item that they had on their uh, uh, board of trustees or whatever they called their board there, which was part of an emergency meeting, to approve a new contract, a contract extension for Buddy Pugh. Now... Mm. I'm no genius, Brian, but I think you could. Re- I think there might be something that we could read between the lines there. That the day after the athletic director was let go, the football coach signs a contract extension. After the men and women's basketball coach he either resigned or were let go this year. And there are multiple litigation items hanging over the head of South Carolina State. So just the fact that, you know, and and the thing was, uh, excuse me, not Campbell, Danley was not a contract employee. He was not working under a contract. So considering the fact that he was probably an at-will employee, the will was no longer willing 
in South Carolina in Orangeburg. So go, uh, you can read about this. Uh, HBCU Game Day has an article on it, HBCU Sports. I'm looking at the meacsports.com. The post from there, South Carolina State has some some information on that. But go out and read it. I don't want to throw shade out at anyone. I know I know Stacy personally, so I don't want to throw don't not gonna throw any shade out there at them. But there's a story there somewhere that we all need to figure out what and why. Is it true, Drew, that they they had a new president also come come on board there at South Carolina State? I, I don't I have not researched that, Brian. But I do know South okay. Carolina State in the past few years has been under some financial issues and have had to do a lot of things to get everything straight. And then shout out to Buddy Pugh, who's happened to win doing all the best that's been going on at South Carolina State. You know, the one concert that they've had at South Carolina State doing all the best. And yes, South Carolina State was considered possibly being overtaken by the state to come in and run it. But football has always been the one constant at South Carolina State. So, you know, just want to just want to leave that out there. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I'll, I'll say no no comments there on South Carolina State. Uh, hopefully they hopefully they can get it right over there. You know, we'll, I still say I'm interested to see about those other stories which have kind of been swoop 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 swept under the rug. We'll see if Did, we was it another was it that. another sport that they lost a the coach in also uh, over the last over in this calendar year? I think there was one other. Sport uh, and other, I was just going uh, off of other, memory, than, Brian. other than men and women's basketball. I mean, they lost men yes. and women's basketball, right? Right, and within about a two week time period. No, they fired right. one and the other one quit. Yes, the, right. the co- well, they fired the it was the women's coach that they fired right after uh, the a title nine lawsuit was filed, right? Yes, right after a title nine lawsuit was filed, they fired the coach, which just seems wrong. But anyway, and then the other coach had resigned. Uh, he's now coaching. He moved up. He leveled up. So I, I forgot where he's at, but he's, a, he's he went somewhere better, so to speak. So uh, I don't know who the other coach was. Uh, any other news and notes you want to hit on? No, we, I, th- I think it's about time for us to pick up this show and get out of here. But I am going to say this. Uh you know, make sure y'all tune in next week. I got some wild projections that I want to put out as we get ready for week zero uh, in HBCU football. And also, Brian, we on the clock next week, Brian. We got to pick games. We only got three next week. Oh. But we got to pick games next week because that'll be our last show before. So before the preseason is coming to an end for us pretty much, right? Pre-season. Yes, next week's yes. show. We got that, next week's the last preseason show. We got to cut down our fifty-three man roster before Sunday. <laughs> yeah, this guy is coming to an end. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for the sports wrap. Thanks to everybody who uh, joined us in the chat rooms on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Facebook and YouTube. I appreciate you guys jumping from one platform to another. You can hear this show in its entirety on the BCSN pod zone, which is an audio version 
everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find BCSN Pod Zone. Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, it's all there. Just search BCSN Pod Zone. And then when you get there, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review. We'd appreciate it. And then go share it. Share the link on your Twitter feed. Share the link on your Facebook, Instagram. Share it with a friend. Uh, we appreciate you. Do the same thing there you do on uh, YouTube. Uh, hit the bell. Like. Subscribe. Uh, share. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. I think I covered it. I hit all the talking points there, Drew. Except you forgot. You got to add one. Oh, man. Make sure you start, fo- make sure you start following me on d2football.com as I am the, uh, as I'll be reporting on the SIAC uh, D2, D2, yeah, I can't even get it out now, Brian. Come on, get, get it D2 right. Football. See, take two. Take two. Start again. Okay. I'll edit it out. Make, take make two. Sure, do it make again. Sure you can edit it out. Make sure you check out d2football.com and check out my articles on the SIAC as I am the SIAC featured reporter for d2football.com. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Um, hey, thank you for watching, consuming everything that we do. We appreciate you. We're so excited for this upcoming year. Um, should be a great one, and we look forward to bringing you along with us and joining in the uh, excitement. So uh, that's going to do it for the BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, our producer, Roy, who we had for for a segment or two, and then we transitioned over to producer Drew, uh, called in off the uh, off the bench to come do double duty, uh, pulled you out of the infield, Drew, to come pitch, <laughs> and then uh, they watched the Little League World Series, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, appreciate you. Uh, that's AD Drew. I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Until we see each other again next week, be safe, be smart, make good choices, and spread the love. Peace out. Ahala. But you stay on hard.